You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. I know in the past I've done podcasts on positions of power and how relevant they are or aren't. But I feel like now, almost more than ever, in the middle of 2020, in the middle of all of the nightmare we're experiencing, the combination of the Black Lives Matter movement, which is, um, I'm sure, exhilarating if you're a minority, but it's a mixed bag for the, the white, uh, still majority, who believe in the cause, but are still, like some of the conservative whites, a bit frightened by the uh, chaos uh, focusing on the toppling of statues and any kind of violence uh, and, and that being sort of justified by by a branch of the left and so many white people that are supporting the movement. That's scary to some of us who are not pro-violence of any kind. And I don't know that Martin Luther King, for example, would support tearing down of statues, regardless of whether or not it's justified. Uh, we have a process in this country, a democratic process, under which to legally do things. And when, when a statue was, statue was legally created and put in a public location through a process that was approved by you know, whatever board or zoning ordinance or whatever else was applicable under the law, then it can be removed the same way, you know. Uh, why can't we be patient and handle things appropriately? Uh, I understand the moment is uh, passionate, but my point is that um, those of us who are not prone to, A, protesting in general, I, I believe in protesting, I support it, I know that it's causing a lot of change right now in our country for the better. I know that it's having a lot of effect for the better. Um, and so is the fear. And so is the fear. And I've seen more conservative uh, uh, Catholic people. I don't know if they're liberal or, or Republican. They don't, they don't uh, assign themselves a political uh, background. But I've seen them speak out finding, uh, and they're afraid. They're afraid of revolution. They're afraid of uh, the violence becoming uh, broader based. Um, and they are not in any way supportive of Trump, but they are supportive of institutions and they're afraid. So what I'm saying is we're in the middle of a time right now where there are people that might agree with the theory behind people that are behaving a certain way, but not with their actions. And there is legitimate reason to disagree with even the left and some of their behaviors right now, even if you lean left. And certainly, certainly if you're a Republican right now, there are legitimate, legitimate reasons to disagree with the right and some of the actions taken by your senators and this president and this administration. Uh, you could make a list with the way they've treated children, immigration uh, and children, the way they've treated uh, the way they're trying to treat our children now in the in their language regarding opening schools again without regard to reasonably discussing health conditions for reopening schools. I mean, it just shows a lack of common decency. And what I was happy to see is a lot of Republicans felt affronted by Trump holding up the Bible in front of that church 
after gassing people, but even if he hadn't gassed people, they saw through that right away, knew that it was a prop, and have seen enough of his act in the prior years to say, look, you don't get to do that. That's just to win my vote. Just because I'm a Christian, no matter what Bill Maher thinks, that doesn't make me stupid. (laughs) Bill Maher thinks anybody who has any faith is dumb. But the reality is there are a lot of very intelligent people who have chosen to believe in Jesus or any other form of faith. It's not a surrendering of your intellect to have faith in a higher power of any kind. Um, For some, it maybe is, but so is the military for some and for others not. There are some very highly intelligent, well-educated people in the military. There are others that are just simply following orders and shutting their brain off because they couldn't find another place to, that would accept them and they didn't want to be homeless. You know, so every <laughs> the point is, the point is, there is reason. I'm 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 happy to see that even the Christians found have found reason to move away from from Trump. So there is dissent on all sides within this divide. <laughs> Needless to say, it's a chaotic time because we have dissent within our division. Um, People like Barry Weiss, Pittsburgh native, uh, very outspoken, um, more conservative liberal writer for the New York Times, resigned from the New York Times today, wrote a big, long letter to them telling them why. Basically, she believes their their editor is now the radical expression of Twitter. She said that Twitter is your editor now. Uh, she believes that the New York Times has has gone in with the, really the mob rule, you know. But she's on Twitter all the time. And she's arguing on Twitter a lot. And she was on Bill Maher. And anybody that does that show can't make comments about who's whose editor. I mean, at the end of the day, too many in the media are writing and thinking and behaving according to public approval. And we used to say it was about money, but nowadays I think, I swear, most of it is all just about likes and uh, retweets and support. Uh, Every day is a poll. Think about it. Every day is a vote. Every day is an election. Every post you make is a new poll. And the results of the poll are shown by how many people, the comments underneath your post, etc. Um. It's no longer a world that we can assess in a structured, reasonable way. Everybody's firing from the hip, and everybody has a voice, and they use it. And so what we see is not only are we more divided than ever as a a world, uh, and certainly as a country, but even within those factions, we are divided. And so at the end of the day, where where are where, what are we left with and my sad reality and why i wanted to make this podcast was the realization that um when even our own divided factions are divided within themselves the only people that seem to really have any say that matters any lasting sway perhaps you could extrapolate that to mean any reason to remain alive if you buy into the importance of the approval of mankind, the only people that seem to have that are people in positions of power. Because if nobody's liking or disliking your posts, if nobody's commenting to to them, if nobody's retweeting them, you have no say, nobody's listening to you, you have no power. 
Then you get to say whatever you want. Then you get to feel and express the most controversial thing you want. However, when you do so, even if your thought is brilliant, you will get lambasted, destroyed by the one or two or six people that might see it. In other words, if you leave a comment on your profile where nobody's reading, nobody will say anything and you'll get away with it. You leave that same comment underneath someone else else's post, somebody who has a lot of followers, and you'll find out just how hated you are. You make that same comment as that someone else with that power and you'll be beloved probably and the genius of your comment will be recognized. So it's all about where you stand when you say it. Freedom of speech isn't really just the freedom to have your thoughts or express them. It's the freedom to be heard. But if you don't have a position of power, you're not going to be heard. And if you are heard in a situation where you're speaking with no power, you'll be heard and you'll be destroyed and you'll never want to speak up again. But if you somehow ascend to a position of power and then say the exact same thing that you maybe said in silence alone to yourself that everyone ignored or the thing you said in someone else's power world and you were destroyed because you said it, you once you get to a position of power, you say that exact same thing and you will be beloved probably. If it's a good comment, if it's a bright comment, at least you'll stir up some legitimate argument rather than just uh, garnish abuse, the abuse of others. Um, at the end of the day, um, the question then becomes, should you speak if you have no position of power? I mean, if nobody's listening on your own, then what's the point in speaking? And if you speak as an underling in a circle of power that someone else holds, only to be destroyed and belittled and degraded, then what's the point in speaking? Uh, both of those are undesirable, undesirable, particularly the second, particularly the concept of speaking up in a group where you'll actually be heard and considered, but also seen as someone who's a nobody, who's a nothing. No reason to listen to you. And we are so divided, even within our divisions, that the one way that people can feel that they have a voice, that they can be heard, or that they matter, is to pile on and bash and abuse the person courageous enough to speak a controversial thought who has no power. So if you're someone without any power and you dare to speak up something that is original, unique, right now more than ever, you're going to be destroyed because people right now more than ever feel frightened. They, they're afraid of the division. They're afraid of the violence. They're afraid of the fact that even in the side they choose, they're not happy. If you chose Trump, there's no way you're happy. If you're on the left, there's no way you're happy with some of the more conservative decisions or more radical decisions or the violence being perpetrated by some on your side. So no matter where you sit right now in America, you're, you're not happy. And so and people are afraid and people are not being heard. They have all of these avenues to express their points of view online, etc. But nobody's listening because they have no power. So where can they find the power? Piling on someone who had the courage to stand up and say something in those situations that wasn't rote, something that was unique, different, or controversial. And that someone also has no power. That's exactly where people find their power today, bashing others that have no power, stabbing them, shooting them. That's what we're seeing in our society now. 
We got one guy with a mask today in his 70s being stabbed by another man who wasn't wearing a mask in Michigan because that's important now to stab over masks. Now, masks are very important, but if anyone should be stabbed, it's anyone not wearing a mask because the sooner those fuckers are put out of their misery, the safer we'll all be. But unfortunately, of course, it was the non-wearing ass who got the knife out, caused the damage. But the point is, these are two people, I guarantee you, neither of them have any power. If they're strangers out in a store arguing over masks, both of them are frustrated human beings that have no power and nobody's hearing them. Yet, all they see is people being heard, people speaking up. You get online, everybody's mouthing off. So they feel obliged to do the same and they're worked up and they're afraid and they're, they're anxious by the current times and they should be. We all are. So this stirs them up and they fight. I had a similar situation today. I was on the phone with my father and I'm talking about Donald Trump. My father's a lifelong Democrat, so am I. But we get into it a little because of a disagreement over what, what Trump, where he's coming from. My father made a comment. He read something that it's political based. He said that Bolton wrote that everything that Trump does is based on his his political aims. Well, I don't agree with Bolton. And I what I I, I said, well, I, I've, I've been watching it for four years. This and look what he's doing now, what he's saying now about the virus and look at how his polls and all of his approval ratings are dropping and in the states that. He needs to win by electoral co- – he's not going to win the popular vote. He didn't before. And the states that he needs to, to win again by the electoral college, he's trailing in all of them. And it's because of the virus and it's because of his inability, unwillingness to do something about it, to acknowledge that he was wrong before when he poo-pooed it, when he said it would go away. And as he continues to espouse how great we're doing and how all the positive new tests are just test results because we're the greatest testers in the world, and he continues to lie and say that our mortality rate is the best in the world, where it's sixth worst, by the way, in the world per capita. And those are what the stats you know, clearly show, and anybody that wants to look into it can. We're the worst in the world for the number of deaths, of course. Absolutely, by far the worst, the most deaths, but even per capita. We're six worst, but he'll tell you we're the best and doesn't even use the phrase per capita. Probably couldn't pronounce it, doesn't know what it means. But the point is he continues to deny the reality that we're in a bad situation here. And he continues to refuse to take steps to admit that we're in a bad situation so that we can get out of it. And more and more of his followers are saying, fuck this guy. They're seeing the reality. They aren't all stupid. Many of them are. Many of them were and are and always will be. But, but there's a number of them who aren't. And they're seeing the reality. And they're saying this guy is delusional. He's out of it. So it's showing in the polls. And so my position with my father is if this man gave a shit about the election, really, he would change his tune. He's not. He's doubling down and going down for the count as a result. And so what that says to me, but I've known this about him for the last at least two, three years, is that he's not a politician and doesn't really care about winning, except insofar as the votes indicate if he's right or not and if he's liked or not. Votes are just ratings, like a television rating. 
He's not concerned with the political process except insofar as it indicates whether or not he's the greatest man ever. Winning an election, not winning it just hurts his pride. That's all. He's a, he's a narcissist. He's a pathological, sociopathic narcissist. And his behaviors are absolutely driven way more by his belief that he is right, his belief that he is great, his need, constant need to be reassured of his greatness, his need to reassert despite all facts and reality of how, how great he is. And that supersedes any need to even win the presidency. And he's proving that every day. He believes secretly in his delusional way he's still going to win somehow by magic. But he's doing nothing that shows, you know, a politician's brain or an ability to strategize or take hold of your circumstances and create a process by which you can actually win in a political election. So those that are accusing him of doing everything for the sake of winning the election are misguided, as was my position with my dad. And that includes John Bolton. And I don't care that he was alongside of him. John Bolton's not a politician either. He's another ignoramus who is an egomaniac. And everything he's done has been hawkish with respect to his foreign policy because he just reacts with emotion and ego. And he, he himself is no kind of politician. And so my, my, I was trying to make that point with my father that Donald Trump is worse than a, than a politician, than a dirty politician or a politician. It's worse than that. He's a crazy man. And his decisions are driven by his ego and his narcissism and his pathological need to be recognized as superior and to never be wrong. And that's who we have as president. And that's why, you know, he can't go soon enough. And my father was still trying to hold on to some semblance of him as a politician. And the point is he and I argued argued. Now, we have personal differences regardless, and we're always going to argue to the day he dies or the day I die, whoever goes first, which it very well could be me at this rate. He's 83 and going strong. I'm 54 and feel it slipping away from me personally. But but um, whoever goes first, I mean, it's never, this is not going to end between he and I. I don't know why. It isn't my doing. It's his doing. It's his choice. You know how parents are. Some of them decide to uh, to target one child or another and they just won't let go and you just have to deal with that as a child you know and that's the way it is that's the reality of being a human being is someone parented you usually two people <laughs> usually there's a couple of them and um the odds are at least one of those two is always going to have an issue with you i don't know who you know sometimes it's children who resent their parents but mostly it's not the child's fault mostly mostly it's the parent's fault uh, if there's resentment, you know, especially uh, uh, if there's only one son or one daughter or one of one gender that, you know, those people generally are not going to have any issues with either of their parents uh, absent uh, it coming from the parent. And a lot of parents just make children and aren't happy for some reason or another with one or more of the children they make aren't happy with themselves, aren't happy with the sacrifice that making children um, causes in their lives. So back to my father and I, uh, we'll always have issues. We'll always have divisive problems between us. But in this particular instance, uh, it's just 
a telltale sign of the situation of this country. We're arguing about how much of a scumbag Trump is, about to what degree, about the nature of his scumbaggery. (laughs) And that's the culture we're living in, that even people on the same side who are talking about one subject and one person can't agree on the nature of the shittiness of this one person. And they're going to argue about it. He did. So, it, and, and it comes down to, for example, in, my, in that circumstance, in that instance, in my case, a lack of respect. My father has never respected me and he never will. I don't know why. I have always respected my father. Of course, most sons respect their fathers, most daughters. I, I, I find it very rare, a very rare circumstance where a child doesn't respect a parent, even if they don't like them. They generally respect them. But a lot of parents don't respect their children. A lot of parents think poorly of their children, even successful ones, even well-educated ones, even talented ones. They just don't like them. There's just something about them. They don't respect the way they behave, the way they speak. My father likes to bring up how I introduced the F word into the family back in the late 70s. And he just never lets me forget that. Well, you know, to me, it's just another example of how I'm frequently ahead of the curve and ahead of my time. (laughs) Because, you know, and as far as I'm concerned, using the F word here and there, I don't like it as every other word, but I don't have any problem with it at all. And I'm entitled to those thoughts. And I've always felt that way. And I still feel that way. But I have people in my family who are just anti-swearing and and take it as offense. And we all have this. We all have parents we can't swear around, right? Other people have parents they can't smoke around, even in their 50s, even in their, you know, it doesn't matter. The parent won't allow it. And we, and we deal with these, what I consider to be abusive relationships. We deal with these people cracking down on us with their superiority. I think it's abusive to tell someone they can't swear if they're a swearer. I don't think it's fair. I don't think that your right to not swear, not want to hear it, supersedes someone else's right to be who they are, which is to speak as they speak. And if their vernacular occasionally introduces a swear word into the system, that's who they are. You either deal with them or don't see them anymore. I think it's wrong to censor someone's language, but that's me. I think there are a lot of differences you can reach an agreement on. There are a lot of differences where we can agree to disagree and go forward together. I don't think the way someone talks is one of them. You know, I don't think that, uh, uh, you know, using a curse word or not uh, is, is, is a valid reason to, to silence someone and, and to stop talking to them. And if, if every time they use a curse word, you bring it up and moan, you might as well be silencing them because you're constantly reminding them of the difference. And it's, you know, if anything, you're just going to make them swear more to irritate you. You're just going to cause it to be more of an issue than it should be. You know, I, I just feel like there's a lot of things in life like that. And so we're at a time in our history exactly like that, where everybody is divided and we're pointing out each other's differences all the time and we're at each other's throats all the time because all of us are powerless. And I think that right now the people that aren't behaving that way are the ones in power, the rich liberals, the rich Republicans, the ones with great jobs, with families, heads of families where their kids are around them still and they're living at home and you know they're, they're the man of the house still or they have three cars, they live alone but they have a lot of luxury, they travel. People that have a system in their lives that feeds their ego and reassures them of, that they're okay, 
they're fine right now. They're hanging in there okay. The rest of us who don't really feel like we've ever established a podium from which to speak, uh, any kind of a justification for our thoughts, any kind of like built-in credibility given to us, we're struggling. We're struggling right now because it's a world of chaos and it's a world where all we're, all we're getting back from everyone is criticism and hostility. Where are the, where are the there theirs and the pats on the back? Where are the, where are the hugs? You know, where is the, I understand I'm listening. You're right. Where is the, you're right. I believe you're right. That's a good point. You make a good point. Where is that? You know, where's that coming from in today's culture to fringe people who haven't built themselves up as something where everyone else can turn and go, that person has that power. That person has a voice I'm going to listen to. And especially so social media, we can find those people by their number of followers, by their number of likes. It's so obvious. We're all naked. We're all, it's as if we were all, those of us who are male, it's as if we were, unless we either have 10 inch dicks or two inch dicks. That's it. There, there's no in between because we're all naked in public and people can look right down between our legs and say, there's someone who has a cock or there's someone who has no cock. And that's where we're at in society. Um, and example with my father is an example of someone who never respected me, never will. So will always argue with me and I will never convince him when we have a disagreement, I lose every time because he'll never say, well, you're experienced in this field or you've read this and I haven't, or you know something I don't. He will never give me that. And I think that's where we're at in our society. Everybody feels vexed and everybody feels like they don't have enough of a voice and everybody feels like they don't have enough money. Their job's not good enough. They're not being heard enough. Their wife doesn't love them enough. Their children don't love them enough. They don't feel that they had the right children enough. They haven't been, you know, they, they haven't gotten enough from their lives that they expected. They're disappointed. And here we stand in America in a country where the economy is going down and everybody has to put on masks just to go outside. So how is that going to make people behave, do you think? Well, it's going to make them more than ever on the attack against anyone who has the courage to speak up and no power to say. Because if I'm someone who lacks power and feels inferior, but I don't have the courage to speak up because I know I'm going to get lambasted, the one thing I can do to assert some form of control over my life, some form of power, is to shame and disgrace the people that have, that have no you know, bearings to stand on, no, no system, nothing behind them. I can shame and disgrace them for them speaking up. Tear them down to my level. Don't let them say something that, that might get them ahead, but certainly something that I just disagree with. I'm going to make a scene out of it, and I'm going to hurt them because I don't respect anybody. I barely respect the people that have the power, but I will respect them. I respect money. In America, God knows we respect the money. We respect the people with the money. We know that. We respect the people with the men with the women. God knows that. And we respect the beautiful women. God knows that. Beautiful women get away with murder. Men who have women at their side, beautiful or not, get away with murder. And people with money get away with murder. In America, we know that. That much we know. So if I feel inferior and like a failure, 
The only place sometimes I can feel my power and to feel my worth is to rip off someone else who's out there, who's hung out their opinion, their thoughts, and they got nothing. And I look at them and they're nobody. They got nothing. How dare they? How dare they have this original thought? I'm going to rip them down, tear them a new asshole. Misery loves company. I'll be all right. It'll make me feel a little better about my life. So that's what we're in now. We're in a culture more than ever, worse than ever. You can't speak up unless you have power. Or if you do, be ready to be destroyed. You better have a really thick skin and get ready to be massacred. Whether you speak up about sports or the weather, certainly politics, but anything. You have to be very, very aware of the fact that we are living in an age where unless you're already powerful, you really shouldn't speak. And if you speak, if you act, be ready to take the hits. Now, if you're strong enough, can you persevere and become someone of power? If you see it through the warpath, if you survive the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune and terrible words and nasty behaviors that people are going to lay on you for having the courage to speak up without any power, if you persevere, will you get somewhere? I don't know anymore. America used to be a place where if you persevered and stood up for what you believed in and spoke up despite a lack of power, despite a lack of authority, if you really believed in yourself, if you really believed in the dream that you're speaking of, if you really thought it through and had conviction, you could succeed. You could, too, become wealthy, rich, popular, famous, or just happy. You could. Used to be a place where you could be happy staying true to your convictions. Even if no money or fame or wealth ever came to you, you could at least be happy because you stood by your convictions. Now, I think I'm not so sure. Now, I think we're in a country, we've become a nation where you're going to have to get to power somehow first before you'll ever be happy. I'm not sure we any longer live in a nation where you can be happy without power. And if you don't have the power, I don't, I don't think it's really that wise to speak up or to flag yourself to be noticed. I think you have to find a way first to fool people at least into thinking you have power. If you can't actually earn the power or reach the position of power, at least trick them somehow into thinking you have it before you shine. Because I think we're now in a culture where if you shine without the power, you will be so destroyed. There is no persevering it. There is no making it through. I think we've gotten so mean as a culture and we're so divided. And with the divisiveness within the divides, it's just so hopeless, frankly, that I wouldn't risk it. I'd lay low, hunker down, and try to work hard in a private, humble way to get to some position of power before speaking up. That's what I would do now. That's the advice I'm, I would give my sons if they asked. It's the advice I'm giving myself. Because I don't think America is any longer a, a place where you can uh, be original and different and off the wall and have no power and 
express yourself that way and make it. I think um, you have to express yourself that way after you've already made it, which sounds ridiculous, right? But basically what I'm suggesting is not necessarily to sell out, but to put your head down and work hard in some area, in some way that gets you where you need to go without showing your true, without letting your peacock feathers fly before allowing yourself to shine as whatever unique and strange and different creature you might be before you're allowed to do that in America. Now, I think you first have to get something, get somewhere, have something around you. People who love you, people who support you, something, something of stability and support so that others will look at you and go, he seems okay. He has X, Y, and Z objective outside factors. And then, and only then will you be safe to maybe show a little bit of your true inner workings and take the hits and maybe persevere and then maybe become truly famous or powerful or rich or just happy being yourself. I think only then is true happiness by individuality possible. If at first you somehow weave your way through the underground in a humble way without showing your true self to a position of objective power. Is that cynical? No, I don't think it is. I think it's realist. Realistic thought. I think I'm being a, a realist when I say that. And I think it's um, true, especially in America today, especially given the current system and circumstances that we find ourselves in where everybody's looking to rip down each other, not to support. Back in the day when everyone was looking to love one another and support one another and we were looking to promote individuality and we were looking to support people in a climb to something more, you could be whatever you wanted to be and had a chance. I think that time ended some years ago, and now I think I know that it's over. And I think that it's really hard to be who you are uh, unless you first work hard at being someone you're not quite supportive of, someone that you don't really believe in. I think you have to fake it till you make it in, in a stronger sense than just faking it. I think you have to sell out a little. I think you have to be a little bit, or at least be humble and shut up more and get somewhere First, somewhere of note that the objective people will recognize before you get to be yourself and be happy being yourself. That's what I believe now about America. I don't believe it's really free. I don't believe that the First Amendment is really acknowledged and recognized. I think people that use it the most uniquely are shamed and disgraced and shouted down and made to crawl into a hole. I think that America is... about the loudest voices. And I think that as Barry Weiss was trying to say, it is a mob rules kind of mentality now. I think allowing everybody to have a voice when you have so many people that are dissatisfied with their personal success rate in their lives is allowing the voice of tear down someone original to rule. And I think that the, the space for nuanced thought and creative differences in between realms of even liberalism is gone. I don't think you really have a space right now to have a unique voice as a liberal, but also maybe conservative thoughts, but also a little of this, also a little of that. No. You have to be something very basic and something very clear so that everyone goes, yeah, that person, I get that. 
Right away, they have to get you. And I don't think they'll ever feel that way about you uh, unless you're saying generic, boring things from a position of power. And then once you build up that power even more, then you can be something different, creative, controversial, unique, something nuanced, and then happy. Then you can be happy. But not until. So is it possible? I don't even know how possible it is now anymore. I don't. Because it's such a struggle to sell out and then come around and still be unique. It's such a battle to shut up when you want to speak. To, and then if you speak, to survive the, the abuse you get. It's so, it's so difficult. Uh, it's like being my father's son. And I don't think it'll ever end happy, really. I think those sorts of arrangements are destined to always be semi-miserable forever. And so I think that might be America from now on. Everybody's going to be semi-miserable forever except the rich and powerful. <clears throat> and the ones that really get there are the ones that believe in that generic, boring, greedy, uh, simpleton, nasty, hate-driven stuff. <clears throat> they get fans, they get followers, they get the money because most people are thinking that stupid way. And I think the voices of reason and intellect and nuance and your originality are going to be more and more snuffed out in this country. And I just don't think that we're, we're building a country any longer that's going to support that. I don't. And I think that um, it's a sad thing. And I think that the Trump presidency and this pandemic and the Black Lives Matter movements all, uh, uh, you know, coming together at the same time has exposed uh, the tremendous weaknesses that exist in our country now <clears throat> and in the culture and prob probably even the world. And I think it's tragic and I think it's a, it's, it's, it's a sad, there should be a sadness overcoming us all about the realization that none of us, even in the freest nation in the world, are any longer able to be free and to make it by being free. I think the odds of that actually happening for any of us now are slim to none. And... Um, no, I don't think that's bitterness, and I don't think that's lacking hope. I think that's, as I said, the view of a realist seeing uh, our country for what it has become. Having said all of that, I would hunker down, and I would be humble, and I would try to get somewhere, and I would still hold on to your dreams because, and, and to your hope for happiness by being the original you, because what else do you got? Where else are you going to go? Maybe to Europe. Maybe if you get enough power built up being humble here, you can go off to Europe and be yourself. I don't know. I think that it's probably better in Europe than America now. I do. Um, but regardless, you'll come upon a dream. Just stay at it. But, but definitely check yourself at the door before you speak and do your original thoughts and actions when you have no power because that kind of abuse that you're going to get i don't know if you can survive it i don't know if any of us can now there's so much of it out there people are so mean now they're so ugly and vicious so desperate and afraid and needing to lash out at others to make themselves feel heard that it's just a bad culture it's a bad culture to try to be original in so i would i would suggest you know, I would suggest uh, checking some of your originality at the door and going on um, and trying to build up power first before expressing. That's, that's my hope for all of you, that you can somehow reach a position where you're able to be who you are and able to be happy 
being true to yourselves and who you are. And hey, even if you never make it there, you did the best you could and make it or not, you know, because I say it every podcast, you must know, you must believe that I love you. Yabba da boop